to this podcast designed to help aspiring teachers take those fearful first steps with courage and determination. My name's Andrea. I've been working in the TEFL industry for many years in various roles, including head of studies, director of studies, teacher trainer, and as a freelance teacher. If you've ever felt nervous about starting out as a new teacher, you're not the only one. So many people are taking those fearful first steps after gaining their certificate, but you don't have anything to worry about. Here you're going to receive tips, tricks and useful tactics that will set you up for success in your job in the TEFL industry. In today's podcast, I'm excited to share three strategies for finding work which, if you're listening in as a newly certified teacher, will be one of the things that you're most interested in. These three strategies aren't your everyday strategies. They require effort and persistence, courage and determination. But when you put them into practice, they will set you up for success. So what are these strategies? Well, these are strategies which perhaps you haven't or hadn't considered before. These are strategies in which maybe you've dabbled with, you've tried, but you haven't really put them into practice and so they haven't been overly successful. Perhaps you have tried them and if you have and they've been successful, I would love to hear from you. I would really love to know that these are working for you. I think that these are three really strong strategies and that is one of the reasons why I want to share them with you today because I really have put these into practice time and time again, and they've worked and they've been very successful. I have managed to work in the TEFL sector now for eight years in various different roles. I've been contracted by academies. I've worked for five years as a freelance teacher. I've been working in academies in in an academic environment. I'm also a qualified coach, so I know that these techniques work because I use them with my clients, my coaching clients as well, and they've had success with them. For that reason, I'm excited. I'm excited to be sharing these with you. I think that if you put these three strategies into practice, they will help you find work. I'm not saying only do these things. Whatever you're doing at the moment, keep doing it. If you're not doing these things already, you should start here because these are the basic things to do. Sign up to job alerts. Make sure you're getting emails on a daily basis from websites that are offering jobs. Yeah, find out what the most recommended websites are for your area to look for where jobs are posted. Here in Madrid, many of you will be listening in. Uh, the most popular website is lingobongo.com. And of course, when you see a job, send your CV directly off to that academy um, immediately that you have the opportunity because these jobs can go pretty fast. So that's the basic stuff. That's something I'm expecting you to already be doing. Or if you're not, no problem, get on the case and start doing those. What I'm offering today are three other strategies that can help you improve your chances to find work. Strategies that have been tried and tested by myself, have worked. I'm going to share with you some really fabulous examples, strategies that have worked for other people that I've coached. 
and I believe that these strategies can work for you if you're interested in putting them into place. But as I said in the introduction, it requires effort, perseverance, courage, and determination. I think you have that in you. So I'm going to share these with you because I think you as listeners, you will take this opportunity to put something else into place, to try something different, to make the extra effort, to go the extra mile and get that work. So what are these three strategies? In summary, they are key skills CV, finding your niche, and networking. I'm just going to give you a summary of what each of these three things can do for you. So what they mean, what it requires, and give you a couple of suggestions on how to get started. These strategies are nothing new. I haven't invented them. I wish I had. I'm sharing with you strategies that are tried and tested. They've worked for me. They've worked for my clients. But they are tried and tested all over the world. And these are things that you can do, each and every one of you, to improve your chances of finding work. So let's have a look at the first one. Key skills CV. I was recently approached by one of the students on, on a TEFL course that I was on, who was asking me about what they could put on their CV if they didn't have any experience. And I thought, this is really interesting. This is something that I know I was faced with when I finished my CERT TESOL course. And of course, many people will be faced with the same thing. So I wanted to share what I did and how I overcame the situation. And I created a key skills CV. Key skills CV or a competency-based CV is the style of CV where you list your skills and competencies over and above your chronological order of positions. So your first page of your CV will show your core skills and competencies that you've demonstrated over the years that can be relevant to the jobs that you're applying for. So in this case, we're talking about teaching positions. Basically, that means that you can look at all the things that you've done in your life, whether it be from your university studies, previous jobs that you've had, hobbies that you've had, whatever those other things might be. And you can bulk out your CV with skills that are helping you or will help you be a teacher, despite the fact that you have very little experience in it. So what are the typical key skills or competencies that an academy or a school or a client would be looking for if they wanted to recruit you as a teacher? What do you think they are? Have a think. Maybe even write them down. That might help you. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to share with you the details that I put on my very, very first teaching CV. So this was the CV that I put together when I came off my TESOL course. And this was the CV that got me work instantly. So the key skills that I put on here were titled teaching and training, design and delivery, needs analysis and evaluation, business skills. And then under each of those, I wrote an example of how I had demonstrated those skills. And it didn't really matter where they came from. It didn't matter that they came from my jobs in the UK. I was just able to give an example of when I had demonstrated those particular skills. So what could you do? What are the skills that you think that are relevant to teaching, but that you can demonstrate that you had or have that are not necessarily related to teaching English. So you might want to put titles such as coaching. Imagine you've been a football coach. Creativity and innovation. 
maybe you've been working as a musician and this could be a brilliant skill to demonstrate when it comes to teaching kids or teaching adults who are interested in something along those lines in terms of a topic. Also shows that you're able to be creative. You might want to add a key skill of planning an organization, which is totally essential when it comes to demonstrating that you as a teacher can plan your classes, you can organize yourselves, and you can act responsibly and professionally in the classroom. As well as that, I think this is the perfect place to add the fact that you do have some experience in teaching. You've just finished your 120-hour course and you were doing practice sessions in there. You were actually teaching on that course. You can just pull out that experience and put it under those headings. So I'll give you an example of that on mine. Under my teaching and training, design and delivery, I wrote on here, designed lesson plans and materials to teach English grammar and receptive skills to multinational mixed level students in a group to improve their level of English. That to me sounds perfect in terms of explaining that I was a teacher and I had some teaching experience. But that actual example is what I did on my course. It doesn't matter though. It doesn't show that. It just shows that I've been able to do it. You'll have to find your own examples. You'll have to decide what are your competencies that you want to put on your CV that will demonstrate teaching skills. Okay, so have a think. Find the transferable skills. Find the links. So what are the advantages of having a key skills CV? Well, it's a great way to be able to demonstrate that actually your combined life and work experiences make you a good teacher, not just your 120 hours course it means that they're focusing on your skills and not the fact that you've got no experience what's the disadvantage that it does take some time i know the painful process that it can be to to get a good cv together believe me over the years i've got hundreds of them so uh, that is the disadvantage don't scrap your chronological cv because as soon as you have your first academic year under your belt you'll be able to revert back to that using that as your your main CV if you want to. My suggestion is put into Google key skills example CV or competency-based example CV. Go to the images, select a whole load of them and just have a look and see how they are put together. Basically, you have on your first page the key skills and then on the second page, you just have quick summary of the places that you've worked at. So there's no need to put more information, just the name of the place, where it was, the dates, and that's pretty much all. All right, I hope that that was helpful for you. So let's go to number two now, which is find your niche. Have you got something to offer that maybe nobody else has? Are you super excited about a particular aspect of teaching? Maybe grammar is your thing. What about phonology? Maybe you've taken to it like a duck to water. Maybe you love teaching young learners or working online is something that you really enjoy and can do it well. I always used to focus on business English. Given that I came from a business background and I was a training consultant, I was able to offer content and this topic that I was able to sell myself as a teacher very specifically on business English topics. 
I was also able to use the fact that I'm a coach. I've got experience working in human resources. I'm a trainer. All of these things have helped me focus on specifically delivering workshops and classes on business English topics that are really of interest to people. So what is your niche? This is the question. Whatever it is, you sell yourself on that. Basically, you plug away at letting people know that you have a very specific skill to offer. If you don't have one, don't worry. Probably in the next year, you'll find something that you enjoy and you can start selling your niche after that. But at the moment, think about this. Have you got something that you are doing now or have done in the past that can contribute to you teaching English and being um, a good teacher in a different way, perhaps to other people. It doesn't mean that you have to talk yourself out of any other general English classes. It doesn't mean that you can't help people in any other way. It just means that you can sell yourself as having something extra and really specific to offer. So I'll go back to giving you an example of how I've used business English to find work. Having come from a human resources and training and development background and coaching in the UK, I basically sold my content based on what I could teach people on those topics. So improving communication skills, improving management and leadership skills. Working in human resources meant I was able to deliver workshops specifically related to language use in human resources. And I was able to work with some really great businesses here in Madrid and I put so much of that down to the fact that I was able to sell my niche and through networking, which, as you know, is my final point that I'm going to be talking about today. And now we're going to move to the last point, but number three, which, as you know, is networking. So this one's a good one, but this is not something that everybody is comfortable doing. I understand that because it requires a lot of communication. It requires a lot of persistence. But if you do it, I guarantee it will generate work for you in the short term and in the long term. You just have to put in the legwork. I managed to get, I would say, 80% of my work as a freelancer through networking. And I managed to get offered the jobs that I've done in, in an academic environment through my networking. It can take years and years to build up a really big circle of people in which you are networking, but everyone has to start somewhere. And I just want to say that when I came to Madrid eight years ago, I didn't know anybody. So everything that I've done has been through networking. I really put myself out there to get work, to get people to know who I am and what I do and how I can help them. So what do I mean by networking? Well, basically this is about getting out there and getting yourself known. It's about getting to know people and it's about selling your services. Now, please don't use the excuse of coronavirus because it doesn't matter. You can just adapt these same skills in the environment in which we're working now. So for me, that means that you need to be able to connect and find people to talk to online, telephone calls, virtual coffees, checking in on people, chatting to people online, trying to find social groups that perhaps are smaller social groups in which you can go to, talking to your friends, talking to your colleagues, 
talking to your family, whoever it is that you, you think can help you. So networking is all about calling on people you know, getting to know people and asking around and selling your services in order to find work. So I want to give you an example of how this has helped, an example that's not my own. This is an example of how I've used networking to help a coaching client that I had. So this client of mine who wanted to change their job but didn't really know how was not committed in any shape or form to the realization that networking was what they needed to do to get their next job. After a few coaching sessions, we talked about many things. We talked about improving their CV. We talked about interviews, practice. This was a non-native English speaking person. So we were practicing English for interviews as well. We talked about their key skills and what they could do to improve. But we also talked about networking. But after a few coaching sessions, where we spoke in detail about the advantages and the disadvantages and the specific process and actions that they needed to take, they decided to give it a go. And I kid you not, that person landed themselves a new job within just a few months of finishing their coaching sessions and putting networking into practice. But that's not the best bit. Just one year on from those coaching sessions, they told me that they had landed their forever job. So the job that they were very happy to stay in for the rest of their lives. And that job was working in the prime minister's official residence here in Spain. Now that is a claim to fame that I'm pretty happy to be connected to. Now I could take all the credit for that, but I won't because at the end of the day, it was this person that put in all the effort, the persistence, took the courage to do it and was determined to make it work. And they're the ones that got on and got that job. So I don't want you to think that just because you and I in that, in that same place in our career where we'd have the opportunity to work in the prime minister's uh, office, it doesn't matter. This is just an example of somebody using networking properly. And so I've used networking and I've used it in both my careers prior to being a teacher and since I've been teaching here in Madrid. And it is effective and it does work. It's a powerful tool, but you just need to believe in it and you just need to do it. You need to put in the hard work and do it. So in summary, I would like to share the three strategies once more, which are creating a key skills CV, two, finding your niche and go network, find people to talk to, connect to, ask around for work and sell your services. And I think I'll just leave it there. If you can put those three things into place alongside any other work that you're doing, you'll be surprised how in the short term and in the long term, these things can help you find more work. You have to be determined. You have to put in the effort. It's not necessarily an overnight solution, but they can help you. And if you're interested in knowing a bit more about how to use these things, especially the networking. I think this is a really good skill, but does require some technique. I'm writing a book and it's going to be called With Courage and Determination. And I'm going to be talking in much more depth about the techniques that I followed over the years to help me not just find work, but just be successful in my job. And when I talk about being successful, I'm not talking here about being overly wealthy 
believe me, I'm not overly wealthy, but I have been successful in the work that I've done. I do have some great contacts. I've managed to successfully work my way through eight years of teaching. And I'm very happy to say I'm going to be sharing these tools and techniques with you in the not too distant future. Would you be interested in my book? If you're interested, all I need for you to do is connect with me. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. You will find my name in the podcast. It's Andrea Delusignan. Look for me on LinkedIn. Connect with me there. Let me know you're interested. And when it comes to publish it, you will receive a 50% discount. That's it for today. I hope you found these tips and techniques useful. Please get in contact. If you think there's something you'd like to talk about specifically on these podcasts, why don't you drop me a note and let me know. Have a good afternoon.